0: Just head over to brighthire.com to get started. That's brighthire.com to get started. Cheeseman out.
1: Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right right where it hurts. Complete
0: with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh yeah. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite guilty pleasure, the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, joined as always, the Robin to my Batman, Chad Sowash. And today, it's a double dose of HR tech perfection. We've got... Adam Gordon, former CEO of Canada ID and now VP of Recruitment Marketing Automation at iSims, as well as Mike Wilczek, Chief Product and Development Officer at iSims. <laughs> Boys, welcome to the show from uh, Fiji or Borobor or wherever, wherever you guys are at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, that <laughs> sounds like, a
2: lot more, uh, a lot better than where I'm at. But no, that's great, dude.
0: Whatever, you're in Paris.
1: Adam <laughs> is in Lanzarote. I mean, you, you're fine. Okay, Joel is in in Indiana. Yeah, and Edi- Edison,
0: <laughs> New Jersey. Edison, New Jersey is like the uh, the Paris of Jersey, right? <laughs> no. being a global company has its perks i guess huh very nice do you guys have an office in paris then we do have an office in paris a pretty
2: sizable office in paris with um I don't know, 100 plus people there now
0: 100 plus plus. 100 plus wow. nice and offices nice. where else
2: yeah so we've we've done a lot in uh, in europe in particular over the last couple of years so yeah. paris dublin london uh and now of
1: course glasgow scotland very nice very nice Okay, who are these guys? Everybody should know Adam, for God's sakes. The guy's been on the podcast enough. Uh, but Mike, Mike, you've been around for yeah, a little while and you're responsible, or at least you've led six different acquisitions in five years at ISIMs. Text Recruit, Ooh. Jive, Opening.io, Easy Recruit, All True, and now Candidate ID. Beyond that, give us a little, little, little background about you.
2: Yeah, definitely. So look, I mean, I've kind of spent my life doing acquisitions and strategy and, and product kind of work. Um, came to iSIMS eight years ago. At that point, we really hadn't done any M&A. Um, had a pretty simple kind of business model in the portfolio of products. Parted up with the, the CEO at that time, Colin, and uh, thought through how we take this company and, and grow it in new and different ways, including acquisitions. So spent a couple of years just kind of really learning the company and, and, and getting a little bit more confidence, I guess, in where we should invest our resources. Mm-hmm. Did our first deal in 2018. And like you said, now with Candidate ID, we've done six since
1: then. So a lot of work over the last few years. So did those conversations also focus on equity partners? Because, I mean, to be able to have this type of acquisition power, you need cash. And you guys uh, have a a pretty substantial (laughs) equity partner in your back. I don't want to say back pocket. uh, On your front line, let's say. Were the discussions with Colin around that as well? Because iSIMS had been known pretty much as a mom and pop shop. Until you know, around, I don't know, around 2018 when they started uh, when they started buying stuff.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I joined the company right because I had been at prior founder led companies that had um, either been owned by or sold to private equity firms. So part of me joining was all around like, how do we take this business to the next level? How do we think about different PE firms coming in? Yeah. When I joined Isom's actually, we were already we already had um, sold a portion of the company to Susquehanna Growth Equity. Um, so there was already a private equity firm involved, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, in 2018 when we did that transaction with Vista, I led that for the company too, um, and they've been a fantastic partner. I've loved every minute of it.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty big. Six acquisitions. You've got you led the Vista. Okay, enough about Mike for a second. I've got a. I'm, I'm getting too. I'm getting too excited. Calm down. Calm down. Come to, to come to me, man. I know you're you're on an island, one of the Canary Islands, and all. Um, you you talked to us, or at least you gave us a soundbite a, a, around why. Uh, iSIMS was such a great partner for you guys. And this is important, I think, for most founders that are out there because, you know, being able to just throw your line in the water and take anything that bites, I, I don't believe it- is the right way to go. And I don't think you do either. Uh, what made iSIMS the right fish for you?
3: I can't work out how to, how to extend that analogy, but you, you don't just <laughs> sell your business to the first person that comes asking to buy your business unless they're the right ones. But you know, we had a lot of approaches from different organizations from about 2019 onwards. We started winning awards and things in 2018, 2019, and we got approached by lots of different businesses. But we knew that what we were taking into the TA Tech market had the opportunity to be really significant, and we intended to go on our own journey until the point where we thought we had to do something very strategic to take it to a thousand customers. And if that meant selling it, it would need to be selling it to a business with people that we liked, people with a vision that was in line with ours, and people that already had a considerable customer base and team to help us to achieve our mission to take marketing automation to you know mainstream within, within TA technology. And so iSIMS had all of that.
0: So you guys know that that Chad and cheese have ears and eyes everywhere. And I just I want to I want to let you know, we have some secret footage from actually the first time I Sims went in to talk to Canada ID. Let's let's hear that sound clip real quick.
4: Welcome to all things Scottish. Our slogan is if it's no Scottish, it's crap.
0: That was that was Adam. Um, So I'm curious, (laughs) how long did the deal take to sort of unfold and happen? And I'm interested from the crowdfunding perspective for founders and companies and startups that are looking to crowdfund versus a traditional road, do you feel like the deal happened quicker because you went a crowdfunding uh, route or do you think it would have happened or, or happened the same no matter what kind of funding you would have gotten for the company?
3: I think the, the crowdfunding was part of us hacking attention. We, we never intended to go and raise vast amounts of money to build this business. Mm-hmm. We've heard you say many times um on this podcast that taking too much money is the killer for a startup business, and we absolutely agree with that, so we never intended to go and you know take this into take this mainstream by raising a hundred million
0: dollars right
3: and so how how would we get a new type of technology really well known? within an industry and that's guerrilla marketing it's getting a megaphone out it's wearing kilts abroad it's uh <laughs> posting stuff on social media 25 times a day it's uh giving, giving away expensive
0: scotch that's part of giving that giving
3: away expensive scotch being controversial doing crowdfundings and things like that and you know we did a lot of different things in order to get our message better known. And one of those was that crowdfunding that we did in 2019. We raised about $700,000 and we brought on board 550 shareholders to our company at that time. Now about half of those were in HR and talent acquisition and became Mm -hmm. immediate advocates for our business and our message and what we were trying to achieve to make recruitment better for employers. And so as part of that, we we brought on board a chair. Doug Soares had been the CEO of Ceridian and joined us as chair. Um, We brought on board advisors, an advisory board of people who were TA uh, leaders in either customers or businesses that had the same persona as a, a typical kind of customer for us. And we got to know lots of people in TA Tech who we didn't know. So it really did help us to hack our way into relationships we otherwise maybe couldn't have generated.
1: Yeah. And your original goal was what on that crowdfunding?
3: So we put down, we said we wanted to raise 50,000 pounds, which is about mm-hmm. seventy seventy thousand $70,000, something like that. Um, and yeah, we, we, we 10 X that but the, the reason actually we, we did it. We weren't intending we weren't intending to do that as a major investment exercise. We raised like six hundred thousand uh, about five months earlier from mm-hmm. a guy called Andy Burica, whose fund is called Jacobo Invest in in Germany. Uh, he's a he's a serial kind of investor in TA tech businesses. I think we were his nineteenth investment in a TA tech business, and uh, we didn't really need the money, but we we, we wanted to. Uh, really bring on board a whole load of advocates and use it as a marketing exercise. We put down the absolute minimum amount, uh, which that you could do on Crowdcube, which was 50,000 mm-hmm. pounds. And then we got to that after about 15, 20 minutes. And, uh, and then by day two, we woke up and saw we were at like I don't know 80,000 or something. We were wet way, way over.
5: Mm-hmm. We
3: decided to start actually marketing this more aggressively and what happens is when you are overfunding so much the algorithm on crowdcube lifts you up to the very top of the page so that the first thing somebody sees when they go, go and look at what could i invest in is the ones that are overfunding the most, and we were up there at the top, and yeah, eventually we had to just go like, no more, we can't take any more when it <laughs> got to a amount where we just thought, nah, we this is we're giving we're selling too much of our business here, so let's stop doing this now.
0: So I assume you would you would recommend that route for any startup uh, that's looking to raise money. If
3: you are there's pros and cons. If you're if you are good at marketing, one of the things we did was we looked at everybody investing, and you know if they were in our industry. We contacted them and said, you know, thanks for getting involved. If it was as little as £10 or if it was as much as £2,000 or £10,000, you know, we still reached out to them and said, really want to find out why you got involved and also Mm -hmm. find out if you'd be willing to talk about it publicly just on a sort of 60-second video with me. And a lot of people said yes. A lot of well-respected people said yes. So um, that became part of our, you know, hacking the hacking our way into getting a lot of attention back then.
0: Yeah. So let's bring Mike into some of this. Probably my I have an integration question. So his, historically ISIMS makes acquisitions, uh, Text Recruit and, and opening dot IR2 that I, I'm familiar with uh, or come off the top of my head. Both of those URLs go directly to uh ISIMs.com. So they've they've ultimately sort of uh, taken in the company and the brand, and it's become an ISIM product. Is that what's going to happen with Candidate ID? How long will it be a standalone brand until it becomes ISIMs? Like, what is the plan for the integration of the product? What's the message to the customers in terms of what's going to change or not change? Talk about that.
2: I mean, you'll notice already that the if you go to the website for Candidate ID, it says Candidate ID and ISIM's company, right? And so the first step for us is to just acknowledge that it's now part of ISIM's in our portfolio. Yep. But yeah, our intention is always to integrate. Um, it, the time it takes us to, to replace the brand um, varies here. Uh-huh. You know, What we've decided is that we're going to keep this candidate ID brand out there, but acknowledge it as an ISIMS company for the next several months. Um, and then probably going into 2023, we'll look at you know how we go to market as a completely integrated ISIMS branded company.
4: Talent acquisition leaders meet Advantage.ai, the most effective programmatic job advertising platform on the market. Built on AI from the ground up, Advantage.ai is a refreshingly simple, transparent, and highly effective job distribution platform that leverages real-time performance data to automatically optimize campaigns and maximize budgets. At Advantage, we know that a broad and diversified reach is required to find qualified applicants. It is important that employers are able to reach candidates where they are, with the right message at the right time, whether that is through job boards, search, social, email, SMS or any other channels that help our clients reach their target candidates Don't have time to learn and support another platform? We've got you covered At Advantage.ai we are happy to support your programmatic sourcing efforts for you integrating with your current providers so you can access information you need in one place Advantage.ai is brought to you by an experienced team of industry pioneers innovators and problem solvers who are excited to introduce a fresh new approach to programmatic job advertising To learn more or schedule a product demonstration, visit Advantage.ai. Question back to you, Mike. I already asked Adam what he was looking for. When
1: you are doing these acquisitions, what are you looking for in a founder? Because I would assume that, you know, there's there's kind of like a prototype that you know will go well with the culture. It's not just about the tech. So what do you look for in a founder?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, you have to be solving a big problem, right? Um, And a problem that... um, The company has figured out how to solve in a unique way or in a better way than other companies that we've seen. And so, you know, when we started talking with Adam, when we started talking with Scott um, around what they were building with candidate ID, it was like, wow, this is really interesting. Um, We keep talking about how recruiting is following sales and marketing um, and how candidates are becoming consumers and companies need to think about targeting um, them in a different way. Um, mm. and prioritizing right their, their sales efforts, so to speak, or their targeting efforts on folks that are qualified, um, but also engaged, right? And so they have a qualified pipeline of candidates, not just a potential list of folks that could be interesting for them. Um, and so when we started talking with Adam um, about what he's built and how he's thought about building marketing automation um, and measuring level of engagement, not just targeting um, blanket you know, uh, marketing kind of activities, Um, Mm -hmm. it was really interesting so for us like it always starts with you know um, are you building something that is interesting to us are you building it and thinking about it in a different way I think the other thing we've always seen in just about like every company is Mm -hmm. there's this dynamic of a uh, um, of a of co-founder where you have someone that kind of plays the role of understanding and driving the product roadmap, and you have somebody that plays the role of understanding and driving the sales activities. Um, we saw that with Techsecret, right, with Eric and Jen. We saw it with uh, AllTrue, with Ali Khan and Vinny. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen it in just about every company we've done, right? Folks are naturally good at one thing or the other, and the comp- just about every company, for whatever reason we've invested in, um, has had those kinds of um, personas as co-founders so similar kind of thing here with Adam and Scott in terms of the way they think about the world
1: yeah I, I love that because I there are so many founders that are out there that suck at certain areas of the business, if they have the actual ability to look themselves in the mirror and say, "Okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm going to focus at on, and I'm going to have uh, other co-founders or individuals on my team take over what I'm what I'm not good at." That's a great way to be able to to identify who might be good on the team. So that being said, switching it back around to Steve Lucas, little little platform called Marketo, for goodness sakes, marketing automation. It seems like nobody else in this space really gets i mean they get like a light touch to recruitment automation to to some extent uh but candidate id went deeper than pretty much everybody else out there was was steve being so close to marketing automation key to really understanding how this acquisition would uh, be used and integrated into the iSIMS ecosystem?
2: Yeah, no doubt, right? So um, so when Vista invested in iSIMS back in 2018, we knew there was going to be a CEO transition. Vista was really smart about it, right? They, they had already um, known this guy, Steve Lucas. Um, they were invested in Marketo. They saw that the direction of the industry was to do more in terms of um, marketing-driven kinds of products and strategies for recruiting. Um, and they invited mm. Steve to be a member of our board of directors. And so Steve um, was involved with ISIMs probably for a year plus um, as a board member, just understanding the business and helping us think through our portfolio and the way we were thinking about our own products. And then obviously he had that opportunity to step in as the CEO of the company. He comes from that space of sales and marketing software, right? Um, Before Marketo, he was at SAP. Before SAP, he was at Salesforce, just very deep on um, sales and marketing software. And so a lot of what he's trying to bring to the company is this forward vision around how do we enable um, not just recruiters, but um, hiring teams, um, companies to build a workforce and to do it in a different way than companies have thought about it before. So very much um, his fingerprints are on this acquisition.
0: Adam, when you when you talk to us about the acquisition and I think you said something about being able to spread your wings, I'm curious from your, your perspective, does Isims coming in simply sort of supercharge what you had planned to build on your roadmap, or does the roadmap change because maybe Isims has a different vision for what you want to build out? Talk about, I guess, the future of the of the uh, of the product, um, how it's changing with the acquisition, or maybe it's not changing at all. What are you What are you building?
3: Well, I, I remember when we were going through the sort of courtship process earlier in the year uh, on this. I remember doing a meeting with the like product leadership team at iSIMS and I asked if I could share my screen and I shared my screen and showed them a slide and this slide that I put together was here's what we're doing today and here's all the other different things that marketing automation technology can enable right the way through recruitment through the recruitment process offer management onboarding into internal mobility and then alumni and Peter uh, at ISEM said, This is almost exactly what we've put together. And, you know, I, I knew at that point that our vision was completely aligned. So I believe it enables us to do things at scale, which we haven't been able to do until now. And it's going to enable us to accelerate the adoption of. Marketing automation technology throughout different parts of recruitment that we've always known that you know are applicable, but but now we can really create those use cases uh, in a big way. Yeah.
0: Mike, there's always a question at, at companies of whether to build a product or, or just go go acquire somebody. Was there ever any conversation in iSim's about hey we could build this, or was Adam so far down that road? That acquisition made just that much more sense.
2: Yeah, I, you know, there's always that question of: do we build by our partner, right? Can, is it easier for us to go build these things ourselves than it is to go acquire a company and then try to integrate their portfolio in with ours? Um, yeah, I think I, I think the question is spot on, and I think your answer is spot on. I think Adam was so far down this path already in building something that was differentiated in a market that. Um, it made way more sense for us to go invest in that company um, and acquire the company and now work on integrating our stuff. in. Um, the other thing, maybe just getting back to the last question you asked, like it makes absolutely no sense to us to go acquire a company because we love their product and then starve it of innovation. And so we very much are investing even more in, in R and D in resources to take candidate ID and the product portfolio, you know, even further than where it's at today. So, um, great product, accelerates our roadmap, better than building it ourselves and investing even more going forward behind it.
0: And I remember when we talked to you and, and Eric at TextRecruit that the fact that they were in the marketplace and you could kind of see the engagement with their customers, Obviously, the, the Marketo connection was a, sounds like a marriage made in heaven, but was there also some data to back up while the engagement with this product is really great uh, from, from our marketplace data?
2: Yeah, so um, so here we didn't have a ton of marketplace um, customers. We had mutual um, partners um, using the product. I think one of the things that Adam was really upfront about was saying, hey, look, like here's our list of companies that use the product today. Give them a call. See what they think about it. And so we did. Right? Um, we started calling down you know, their list of customers, just asking about how they're using it and why they use it and whether they think that this um, is different. And every single company we talked to just raved about um, what the product does. They raved about how it's reduced their time to hire. They raved about how it's reduced their um, cost to hire. They raved about how it enables their teams to be more effective in targeting the right fit and the most engaged candidates um, and how that's just changed their landscape. So that may be, I don't know if that's a lesson learned for any founder, right? But the openness to have us talk to um, companies that were using the platform
1: was a game changer for us. That's pretty damn big. So Adam and Mike, in your opinions, you've been able to watch the recruitment tech landscape from different vantage points. What have you seen as some of the founders' best steps that are out there, so you see this with this wide berth of all of these these tech founders that are out there today. What have you seen that have been incredibly good steps, and then what have you seen that have been incredibly horrible horrible steps? Because you know founders are going to be listening to this podcast. So great steps, bad steps. Adam, you go first.
3: So you know, uh, do as I say, not not as I do. I think it just depends what you what you want to achieve. If you're if you're building a business, if you're building a business to make a load of money go and go and copy other things that are out there and just make a slightly better version of other things that are out there if you're actually trying to change the world in some way find find a problem that nobody's solved yet and work out how to solve
2: it mike pretty similar maybe i'll you know add on to it right so every company that i've seen that has you know become a bigger company has started off by solving a very defined problem that everybody understands don't try to tackle too much right Find that thing that um, that is a gap in the market or that isn't being solved in a in a good way, um, and solve for that. Try to keep the use case simple, um, and then you can expand as you get more customers and you know over time. Make sure that that thing that you are creating, you don't wait until it's the you know, quote finished product before it's out in market. Because the reality is your product will never be finished. And the product that you think you're gonna be building is way different than what the market values. So put something mm-hmm. out. That's the whole definition of SaaS, right? Put something out, get feedback, iterate on it. Your customers will, and the market will drive you to the things that they value and are willing to pay for it. So don't sit there and try to you know, spend millions of dollars on R&D to go put some fantastic thing out in the market that nobody buys. Start simple, put something out, get feedback, keep iterating on it. The other thing I would say, I've seen a ton of um, founders not sell at the right time. It's always a hard thing, right? It's the founder's dilemma. When do you exit the business? Yeah. But I've seen so many companies raise money at valuations that they're never going to catch up to um, and uh-huh. really their own their own value in the business by taking on too much money at, at unrealistic expectations. Uh-huh. So um, so that's it. I mean, I tell that to every founder that I talk
0: to. Solve a real world problem, get something in the market and get feedback and know when you want to get out. So in, in light of that, I'm curious, what, what features products are missing currently from the iSIMS platform? And maybe not specific features, but are there themes that you guys are looking at to adding to the product set, and by the way this is this is your your chance to talk about the new metaverse product uh, that iSims sims is launching <laughs> what what is this what, you know, like what's missing what are, what's going to be added in the next few years?
2: you know I spent the last week talking about nFTs right and how do we uh... yes, oh
0: my God here we go no. here we go here we go Jesus
1: can we go back to blockchain please oh please.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's not about what's missing, right? It's 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 um, or you know, feature by feature, it's more about you know how are companies thinking about getting better at recruiting, right? And not just recruiting, but building their workforce. And you know, I I think for us, it's about how do we enable greater automation, right? um, How do we enable greater knowledge in the hands of the user um, at the right time within the workflow, so that they're taking sort of guided decisions. Um, or at least decisions based on you know information that we can give them based on the number of customers and use cases and industries and hiring types and everything else that we have access to because of our, our big customer base. I think it's about how do we enable companies to continue to engage with people and create those personalized experiences at scale. Um, I think it's about how do we enable companies to understand not just the, um, the skills that somebody has, but how those skills are relevant to the roles that they're trying to fill um, and not just what ability somebody has today, but their potential to grow into a role. Cause I think that's the biggest thing that's hindering just about everybody right now. There just aren't enough workers in, in the world for the jobs that are open. And when you look at the workforce and the skills that are needed in those jobs, it just 10 X is the problem. There aren't enough skilled workers in the roles that people are trying to hire for today. And so everybody has to figure out, how do I take an individual that may not have, you know, um, all of the different requirements, um, but they yeah. have that ability to, to do the role and learn the role and grow into the role. How do I find that person, right, and invest behind them um, and, and make a bet on them?
1: Yes, and that is the problem that we've had for decades, and we need a we need a solution for it. There's no question. Uh, well, that's Mike Wilcheck, Chief Product Officer and Developer Development Officer at iSims. Adam Gordon, Co-founder, VP Recruitment Marketing Automation at Candidate ID slash ISIMs, guys, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. Uh not not just talking about the acquisition, but also talking about the market overall. If anybody wants to find out eh, a little bit more about ISIMs and candidate ID, where would you send them, guys?
2: Yeah, I mean, anybody can go find me on LinkedIn and send me a note directly, or you can send me an email to my email address. It's pretty straightforward. It's Michael.willcheck at ISIMs.com. Excellent.
0: Chat, another one in the can. We out. We out.
5: It's so weird. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast, Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts,